Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Clean your gun and tune your bow. We're the Hunting Collective Show. Calling hunters new and old. The Hunting Collective Show. Working pick and shovel or working pen and hand We congregate now as lovers of the land Mindful and we're focused, we're just living for the search Dreaming of a fire and a salty gilbert But we ain't coming back till it's cold and late We're taking it slow so we can shoot straight Clean your gun, tune your bow We're the hunting collective show Calling hunters new and old Ain't no cold time told But no one's too good And we're all good enough We got fealty engineer Calling any shooter's blood Hard times calling And bitter vegans crying Remember there's always Been old bride Ruled by reason Is our collective faith Taking it slow so We can shoot straight Clean your gun and tune your Hunt Collective Show, calling hunters new and old. The Hunt Collective Show, where facts are facts and opinions are subjective. You're listening now to the Hunt Collective. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the last episode, the final episode. Never going to be heard or seen again. Phil, the engineer, and Benjamin Patrick O'Brien. Phil, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I am. I'm, I'm refreshed after our, our our weekend. Yeah, we yeah. had quite we had quite the adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, turkey hunting in May in Montana uh, requires lots of naps and there's little sleep. Uh, we went through many, yeah, several, I'll say, days and nights. Where we went to bed at 11 and got up at, what, 3.30? Yes. So it leaves you a little loopy. It leaves you a little strung out. Yeah, well, it's, it's, not, just, it's not just the 
couple hours of sleep. It's then the, you know, 12 hours of hiking that happened in the days after that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, 13, 14, 15 hour days. Uh-huh. Rolling around, uh, trying to find turkeys, finding turkeys, doing the dance. Everything we love about hunting, we've been doing it this week. Uh, and and it's been it's been awesome. Even though Phil and I do this show together, we didn't really haven't really spent that much time together. You know, you don't really spend that much time together with anybody outside of your family, your close friends. Mm-hmm. You know, that much time. You know, twelve, thirteen, like I said, pretty much an entire day going through the ups and downs. And so it's been fun, man. So it's fun getting to know you. And as I'll say, as you'll hear a lot in this podcast, Phil Phil came out strong. I, I, tr- I tried up. my best. I knew I knew uh, what we were doing out there, making you making some making a good podcast, and you know this is my first hunt. I wanted to I wanted to you know I didn't want to slack. Yes, no, you did not slack. Good. I was very impressed uh, after all the talk about what would happen. I was very impressed, but I also was impressed by. You know, obviously weeks ago, roughly a month ago, we announced the end of the show. And and over time, you know, a lot of great commentary has trickled in. And we've been thankful for that. We've been thankful for that our final show can be Phil's first hunt. It means a lot to me and means a lot to a lot of people. Um, but last week, I threw up a post on Instagram just to thank everybody. And I think that reinvigorated the commentary around the end of the show. And I was a very appreciative of of all the well wishes and very appreciative of everyone that you know spent all this time with us over over the last three years and roughly five four months, long time in, in my life and an important time in my life. So we're gonna read a couple of important emails of people that wrote in with best wishes and thank yous, and then we're gonna get to part two of Phil's first hunt. So we got a, a good ending for you. I think you'll like what we have in store. But before we get to that, Costa Fote, Doctor Gus. Now, Dr. Gus has written in a bunch of times, but he wrote uh, a great email to see us out. Uh, and he's a doctor, so smart man. Dr. Gus said, first of all, happy Mother's Day to your wives and your mothers. I hope you all had a great time with family today. As I sit here and eagerly await the conclusion of Phil's first hunt, I wanted to express my sincere appreciation to both of you for the last couple of years on the THC podcast. By now, I am sure you have both received tons of emails and DMs, but I had to write you before the finale to share what this podcast and this cult has meant to me. I'm a vascular surgeon in Houston, Texas, which means I don't have a lot of time in the outdoors. A vascular surgeon, Phil. Wow. This is the upper crust we're talking about. Attracting the best here. Dr. Gus. Trying to manage a busy practice in a family I adore leaves little time for me to pursue my passion of hunting. In fact, before I listened to your podcast, I really didn't know that hunting is conservation. I had no idea what the Pittman-Robinson Act was or how serious CWD is, public land access, hunt recruitment, or the pillars of the North American model of conservation. I joined BHA and TRCP and donated to the RMEF because of THC. I didn't know who Valerius Geist or Shane Mahoney were and how vital they are to preserving our hunting traditions. I didn't know that just a few hours away from me out in the Big Empty, as he describes it, lives a poet cowboy and trapper Wyman Menzer who takes the most breathtaking pictures of the Texas Plains. I didn't know Charles Rodney, an African-American man who grew up in Jim Crow, Louisiana, hunts rabbits with hounds in Maryland. Hearing his story of how he grew up in segregated rural Louisiana had a profound effect on me. What an amazing man. I didn't know who Colonel Tom Kelly was and that there are people who are more crazy about turkeys than deer. 
I even bought the 10th Legion because of you and read it twice during turkey season, but sadly, I have yet to go on a turkey hunt. I didn't know Canadian bear biologists could be so damn sensitive. Every Tuesday morning when I walk out my door, I make sure the latest episode is downloaded so I can listen to it on my drive to work and back home. I called it Tuesdays with THC. Oh, that's nice, Phil. Tuesdays with THC. Yeah, why didn't you think of that? I didn't think. That was great. <laughs> it, was my, it was my hour and a half of outdoor education. To me, it was a time where I could escape the rigors of my job and all the stressors that come with life and learn about fellowship and humanity and the appreciation of this beautiful world we live in, no matter how ugly society gets. To me, the podcast was my virtual bar where we can congregate once a week and hear stories and different perspectives. It was fun and beautiful, and I am so sad to see it go. Nonetheless, I am excited for you and your new opportunity with Meat Eater. I just want to thank you and Phil for giving so much of your time to this and truly incorporating your audience to help shape this podcast, this beloved cult we all hold so dear. I hope one day we can cross paths and shake hands and tell stories and who knows, maybe end up on the same public land going after elk or a mule deer or even maybe a turkey. But if not, I say to you, Godspeed. Keep fighting the good fight and keep telling your story. You never know where you might, who you might inspire, even old grumpy surgeons like me. After all, I can always tell my kids that I wrote a part of the podcast theme song. Maybe then they will think I'm cool. All the best, Dr. Gus, Missouri City, Texas. Pretty cool there, Phil. What's your reaction to that one? Yeah, that's great. Um, we, were, we spent some time talking about just people's reactions to the end of the show out there. Uh, we were hunting this weekend, and um, it's those kinds, uh, like the one you, one you just read, that uh, just just affirm everything that you've been doing here for the last couple of years. So it's always it's, it's just you know it's really moving and and sometimes it's it's easy to forget uh, after you know you get some a lot of responses on the internet and then you get some that yeah like that one that just kind of tell you that you're doing the right thing. So yeah, that's really it, man. It's it's emails like that that make that have made this show worth doing and will have. We'll keep it going. You know, it's folks like Dr. Gus and everybody that has joined our cult over this time. It's the ways that it'll have shaped me and Phil, but more importantly, the ways that it'll have shaped you that you take forward into the future uh, and do good with. So I'm, I'm happy uh, to have, have read that email and gotten to know Dr. Gus via email and gotten to know so many of you via email over time. I mean, I, I can't, if I had to count, right now there are 2,283 emails stuck in the old inbox and there are 853 that I had to read in the last two and a half weeks. It's been a big part of this show. Uh, and that's, that's a fantastic email to end on. So thank you, Dr. Gus. Thank you to everybody that ever wrote in to CHC at the that, as we said last week, that will continue. You can get at me and even at Phil by proxy through that email inbox. So keep them coming. But I think people came here, Phil, to, to hear a story, a particular story about your turkey hunt. Now, we're going to take it. We're going to continue to take it linear where we left off. If you haven't listened to last week, go listen to it now. We'll wait. Welcome back. Now, you're, you're salivating after that cliffhanger of last week, right, Phil? We went out hunting. We trained you up on the, on the shotgun. We ran into a mutant turkey. Yep. And it, it turns out that the only video I had of the mutant turkey is the best like most mysterious video of said mutant turkey. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't see it on my Instagram stories, I'll put it back up there for you. (laughs) 
It was fantastic. It was a shadowy just glimpse at the mutant turkey. But we left you at a moment where we had just stepped out into the woods for the first time after uh, a couple of years of waiting to get Phil out there. And we had a little bit of, uh, we were crestfallen. At least I was. I was immediately in despair. Mm -hmm. Immediately in despair. That we that I took you to a place where turkeys live and no turkeys <laughs> were a goblin, Phil. None. And, and and as as we track through this story, you'll you'll see that I have I my emotional ups and downs are very exaggerated, but Phil stays pretty consistent the entire time. So tell him about that, Phil. You're happy to be here. The weather's nice, and I'm over there going, I don't even know if I can live. <laughs> I don't even know if I can take well, you, another step forward. You have years of context and experience to kind of, uh, you know, put put this hunt into perspective. Um, sure. And I do not. So I'm just out there. I think I said in one of those videos that you posted on your Instagram that like, if there was a blizzard happening, mm. if it were pouring down rain, if there were 40 mile an hour winds, mm. I might have uh, been looking at my clock and looking at you like, <laughs> so stay out here. What, you know? But it was just nice to be outside and, you know, hearing all that, just all the wildlife wake up in the morning. Um, so I was not, even, you know, we weren't hearing any gobbles that morning, but I was, I wasn't itching to get out of there. Yeah. No. I was in the game. I was in a different game than you were in. Yes. We were trying to relate to each other. Because the game <laughs> I was in was a game of success and failure. Yeah. It was a game marked by things I had done in the past and experiences I had done in the past. I pretty consistently would be like, Phil, last time I was here, the turkeys were over there. Mm-hmm. And they did this. You kept trying to justify being there. I, not, I don't want to say make excuses. That's not what it was. But you were trying to really... Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was unnecessary. Desperately provide context. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you could understand why I was doing the things that yeah. I was doing. But we stepped out. You know, we explained to you guys that we stepped out and it was kind of a, for me, a very desperate situation. I wanted to have that first morning kind of crescendo for Phil. Uh, it did not happen. But we continued. Uh, as we continue the story, we continued. We'll take you into the field now. We continued to discuss what it was like on that first morning. So, Phil, we're taking a little break. Yes. Uh, we haven't heard a gobble today. So, for your first day turkey hunting ever, we built this up. Mm-hmm. We talked about it for years. And, um, we have, you know, a little false start, okay? That, that's fine. You were, you were kind of expecting this, I think. A little bit, well, yeah. At least a, a little bit of a, you know, slow start. Yeah, the turkey populations around here locally aren't great. Um, and the opportunities for public land, which we are sitting on right now, are not particularly abundant in terms of turkey habitat. And so it's a little tougher. It's a little tougher equation than, than other places. And I'll also add, Phil, that I have a curse mm-hmm. of Montana. Yeah, you've talked about this. I was hoping to help you break that curse. So far, um, I haven't had much luck, but I just want you to know that I'm, I'm trying. You and I have killed the same amount of turkeys in Montana. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes me feel pretty good. All right. Well, we have to talk about the curse, the Montana turkey curse <laughs> that I have going. Now, is it? do you think that contributed to the final? Like, does that contributed to this hunt that I kept talking about the turkey curse? Yes, because I would say whenever we, I'm not going to spoil anything, but whenever we ran into any bad luck or something happened that wasn't great, 
I think you would mutter something under your breath like, God, curse, curse, Montana, the Montana turkey. <laughs> I will give that, the context I'll give it there is that I've hunted uh, last couple of years no more than two days in any other state to fill a tag. No more than two mm-hmm. in any other state. And when I say any other state, I'm talking six states total yeah. where I've traveled to and got tags. And in each one of those six states, I've filled a tag in under two days or right at the two-day mark. And sometimes multiple turkeys. Montana, I'm going on, I got to be going on day 13. By the time me and you get to day two and other other days to come. And so really this story is about can we break that curse? So I keep bringing it up because I'm just, it's like, that's the, the baggage I'm bringing to this event. Yep. I'm bringing a lot of baggage. You could feel my emotions. I've, I'm sleep deprived. I could, and I'm sure the audience can as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep deprived. I'm not really, I don't understand what I'm doing. Uh, even in that audio from the field there, you can hear that it, we're just both like, uh, I'm just like, oh, it's, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, we're just, I'm just trying to keep it going. I'm trying to keep pushing forward and be positive. But the emotional strain is clearly taking its toll. Heading into morning number two. And, and to, to put a bow on day one, no gobbles were heard on day one. No turkeys were seen. Nothing happened of note. Day one was a bust. Now here we go with morning number two. All right, morning number two. It is 5.02 in the morning. <clears throat> As you can hear, my voice is a little tore up. Up late with the kiddos, up early with Phil the engineer, pulling into the parking lot here where we'll hike out of to meet old Phil. He's on time. Phil's an on-time turkey hunter, which I appreciate. And uh, we'll see how he's doing this morning. One of the secrets of turkey hunting is every time you hear a train, we can't figure out if it's a train, is it a train horn? What do you call that? A train whistle? Yeah, we ha- listen for the choo-choos. It's technically a whistle. It's technically a whistle, okay. Yeah. Technically, the train whistle. If hunting near train tracks, you really got to key in on that train whistle. Important. Musings. But we're on, the, this is day, day two, and Phil has yet to hear a gobble in the wild. Other than some nuclear turkey in somebody's front yard we need to get we need at least hear one that's it just hear one that's all all right we just heard our first gobble ever and phil's first turkey hunt how's that feel uh it feels pretty good (laughs) the uh the descriptive skills of phil the engineer the emotional depth is on full display right now so we're set up in a little blind that I made with my son. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're feeling it now. These birds are just about where I thought they would be. On They're right tucked up on the river, it sounds like. Last time we were here, we didn't hear a gobble, so it's good to hear them on the, on the roost gobbling. Now we got to make a decision to stay here or do what I've done in the past and bomb right up to the private fence there. See what we get. We'll keep listening. See, I, I have a hard time judging distance because this is new to me. How how far away do you think that gobble was? 
Uh, well, that rooster is right behind <laughs> yes. us. That guy, you know, a quarter of a mile, not far from us. I only know where, where oh, there's another one back further in the river. Oh, that's going to be hard not to go over there. That's back where I thought they would probably be. Let's keep listening. Okay, Phil. Do you remember what it was like just to hear those first distant gobbles? In, in this case, one, a couple distant gobbles, but one pretty close. There was one where I was like, oh, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> because we had talked, those distant ones, you had kind of said, it's probably across the river. The chances of them coming over from, that, from over there are pretty slim. But then we heard that one that was, that's, Sounded really close. Yeah, he was. I said a quarter of a mile there. Like in in hindsight, man, he was close. Way I think it was close. He's five hundred yards, maybe less. Yeah. And at that point, you're thinking. I mean, we're in the right spot. So we talked about it, and we decided we're going to stay here. As I explained in a couple of these clips, um, we just just feel like these turkeys are in a spot where they're either going to filter towards the river. They're not going to casually just fly across the river. They're either going to hang out basically where they're roosted or they kind of have to come our way. I mean, there's no other, there's, there's really two directions they're going to go. So feeling like we, as we talked about through this entire thing, we want to be where they want to be, right? If we're in a position to be calling from an area they're headed to anyways, we have a, we have an idea, you know, we can speed up that process and or just catch them when they're going to get there anyways, you know? And so we decided to stay right where we were. And then uh, this happened. So as, as often happens, we got on the fly down, we got, the bird flew down as my guess, hit the ground, gobbled once, sounded like he flew down closer to us, and then went, went quiet. So I kind of predicted that. <laughs> I think a little bit. Oh. Yeah, we, we, haven't, we haven't heard a gobbling. Several minutes now. So basically, Phil, we're going to sit here. <laughs> wait. We got no other options. We'll sit here and wait and just be ready because, you know, turkey's coming in quiet. They got great eyesight. They're going to come in looking. We'll just hope that when he gets in tight, I'll hit him. You know, just hit him with a call. He's tight and he'll kind of shock gobble at us or be, you know, really be fired up when he's in tight. But we got, we sit here a while. Just hope that he wants to filter this way and check us out. We'll call every five, ten minutes. Hope to catch his attention. It sounded like he was roosted either by himself or, yeah, I would say he was either roosted by himself or with some less than vocal hens. But I would guess he was by himself. Okay. Birds go quiet. This often happens. This happens, especially this time of year, pretty often. More often than I'd like, where the birds hit the ground and they're just being completely quiet. Then you're you're in a deer hunting situation. You got to sit there. You got to be quiet. You got to be still. You got to be vigilant. You got to wait. But we were kind of we went from no gobbles to gobbles, Phil. That's really the underlying clarity that we need to like. You got some gobbles. And that that when when that bird hit the ground, the gobble was close. Mm-hmm. But then, 
quiet. So what are you thinking at this point, Phil? Where was your mind at? We're sitting in that blind. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I honestly think I was starting to lose hope at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You're finally on my level. You're finally on my level. Uh Okay, well, you know, it's hard to say... It's hard to understand kind of like the ups and downs of things like this because as we talk about later in this in the story, everything in hunting is fiction. The story you've drawn up in your head is fiction until it becomes fact, right? It's it's like you've drawn up. I drew up a story that like this turkey flies down. He's by himself. I don't know if he's by himself or not. He could be with 18 <laughs> other turkeys. I have no idea. I only heard one gobble, right? So I've, yeah. in my head, I've drawn up this story that there's a single turkey. He heard us. He flies down. I hit him as soon as he, I didn't, we didn't really talk to him while he was in the tree. I don't think we talked to him. We didn't make any noise while he was in the tree. But as soon as he hit the ground, I started calling, hoping that he, that would draw him our way and hoping he wanted to come our way anyways. And I made up this story that it was just one turkey and he wanted to come over. We just had to sit and wait for him. And so I had made up this, what essentially is a fiction about this story uh, and I think that's what all hunters do. That's what, especially what all turkey hunters do. You make up a thing. You say, like, this is, based on my experience, this is going to happen. You know, it's like setting out a strategy. And then you, the actions have to marry up the strategy until, in, in case you want to change that strategty, then you got to change your actions. Does that all, that all make sense, Phil? Yeah. I'm always, was always rationalizing these things in my head. You have to. You have to. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you just, as I often do, feel like an idiot. <laughs> So we're sitting here. We haven't heard a gobble since fly down. It's now 7.30, 7.40, so it's been, you know, an hour and so, you know, over an hour, an hour and 50 minutes, almost two hours now. And we're talking about what goes through your mind at times like this. When you know there's turkeys around. So there's a few things we know, Phil. Mm-hmm. We know that there's turkeys around, right? At least a couple. We heard several gobbles coming from different places. Within 500 yards of our location, there was plenty of turkeys to, to wander through this meadow that we're sitting in. So we know that there's turkeys, right? We also know that they're not making any noise. But in our in my mind, in my turkey on her mind, Every minute, I'm like, well, what if I went, if I just, if I went over there and I just made a call and I got my fan out and tried to fan them over, I'm always thinking about other things I could be doing while sitting here with absolutely zero action. And what we were talking about is, Phil had a good analogy for that. Yeah, I am terrible at this. It's like when you're in line at the grocery store, like you're at a Costco. It's busy, and then you notice the line next to you is moving really quickly. So you're like, oh, I'll just hop over into that line. And as soon as you get into that line, the other line starts moving. So you hop back into that line. Or like when you're trying to change lanes during a traffic jam, it's probably best to just stay where you are. <laughs> In this case, the same. But you know, this this podcast now that we're actually out here hunting is is really going to be about... I like where we're at, Phil, because I think it's emblematic of a lot of turkey hunts. It's not emblematic of all of them, because sometimes you sit down and you call, and one comes in and you shoot it, and it's like, oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. But to most turkey hunters, like this is a huge part of the game, where you're unsuccessful, 
and sometimes it seems really hopeless. Like there's not, like today, the sun is about to come out from behind a cloud. It's 50 degrees maybe, 48 to 50 degrees. You know, it's it's first day of May. It's like, there should be some things happening. We've heard every other type of bird that you can think of. And um, it might seem hopeless for turkeys, but it's just never, it's never hopeless. So, it all turns, it, it turns in like a moment. It takes one weird moment. Like I was telling you this year in Texas, we were sitting in a spot like this. I told the story in the podcast. And then all of a sudden there was a turkey there and I shot it. And it was like, it felt really good to be able to, to pay off that patience. And I hate to be hyperbolic, but it's kind of a nice life lesson. <laughs> Always trying to find life lessons in the woods, Phil. Now we're back to the present time. Yes. And you, um, you, you couldn't tell by the set, the sound quality. Sound quality. Yeah, yeah. Hello. it's the only way to track two people yeah. in different, you know, jumping through time. I can make it sound like like we're still outside and just try to trick them. I go. <laughs> Don't put any gobbles in. They'll know. They'll know. They'll know it's not real. <laughs> um, as you can tell, if we were, let me just say this: if we had been in turkeys this whole time, we would have never had this, these back and forth, these rationalizations, this back and forth. Like, what is turkey hunting? What are we learning? Why are we here? What's life about? We would not. <laughs> we'd have been. We'd have been talking about how to coax these uh-huh. uh, silent toms, uh, or in this case, non-silent toms, over. But here we are. So we we ride. We, we're going to show you the truth, no matter what. And we got to tr- transition now to uh, the next day. Because on that day, we didn't have any action. We sat there for a while and uh, no gobbles. So we went, you know, we kind of went back through where the one was roosted, did a little calling, nothing, not a gobble. We didn't hear a distant gobble after the fly down. We didn't hear, I mean, we were in a spot where we could have heard gobbles from just about any direction. But after our, that initial fly down, you know, I think uh, the turkey that we were hoping to kill flew down, hit the ground gobbled once in the seconds after he t- his feet touched the ground and then silent. And every other turkey, to the credit of the one we thought we might kill, was silent as well. We didn't hear another gobble at all. And so that's just as part of the game. As we said, it's part of the game. But now we gotta we got to get to the next day. All right, so now uh, we, made a, we made a big change. We've hit our local spots. We had to still manage our families and work, but we decided to pack up our camp gear and go to a spot where that is famous for guys killing turkeys, especially people that work at Meat Eater. Yes. <laughs> My curse is now on the day like 15, and we're looking to go to a spot where we can be sure that there's more turkeys than there were in the, in the places we were hunting prior. Okay. So that's what we were doing. We was about a four-hour drive from from Bozeman. We're going to camp overnight, and we're going to spend a couple of days trying to kill turkeys. Right? We're going to keep going. Now, the lo- the only limiting factor for Phil and I is that we have families, and that we have jobs, and that we have real lives. We can't just be out there for days upon days upon days. But we can be out there for these two very important days that we were out chasing turkeys. Uh, I say they're important because we're we're in a good spot. We had good weather the first day, and um, I was very excited. We got there late. We couldn't find any birds on the roost. 
We went to bed, Phil, about 11.30. It was Crawled close, into a tent. Yeah, close to midnight. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't get, it doesn't get dark. Fly-up's not till after 9, 9.30 or so. We get back to camp. We crawl in our tents. I don't think you slept much, did you, buddy? It was a cold night. It was cold. There was no cloud coverage. Uh, I... I was fully dressed in a sleeping bag and my zipper got stuck uh, when I went to bed. I was like, ah, it'll, it'll be fine. So my zipper was only kind of like half <laughs> zipped yeah. up my sleeping not bag. Not a sponsor. <laughs> no, I'm not going to mention the brand, but they're not a sponsor. Um, and about, I wake up about one o'clock and just this just cold air just, just sneaking into my sleeping bag. I, I got probably like two and a half hours of sleep, maybe. Yeah, we got up at 3.30, alarm hit at 3.30. The idea was that we had to drive a little bit of ways, but this is a, a roost tree where I had been during the uh, aforementioned first like turkey tour. We had gotten on birds there, not been successful, but I knew you know, I had been there twice and birds were roosting in the same ridge both times I'd been there. And so we made, I made the calculation that we're going to go to this spot because at least I know we have a real good chance of having birds roosted on this ridge uh, we're going to hit it. We're going to hit it early. We're going to get in there with plenty of time to kind of explore the space and be in the right spot for fly down. I'm excited at this point. I'm sleep deprived. You were very excited. I'm back home on the yes. horse. <laughs> I'm like, this is it, man. We have, basically we have two days to get it done and then it's going to be tough after that. Uh, these two days that we were investing before we, you know, before this podcast aired was really the time we had, the pressure was on, we needed to get a turkey for Phil. Or I specifically would look like a fool. At least that's how I, I drew it up in my head, right, Phil? Sure, I don't think you ever said that out loud, but I knew that's what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I made it clear. I made it clear. So we're both like, I didn't even, I got out of my sleeping bag. I didn't even, I slept in my hunting clothes. I got my boots on. I didn't even bother to do any, you know, really any hygiene work i mean i just was fully immersed in turkeys i was thinking about i didn't think about anything else i didn't think about anything not work not emails nothing i you know thought about my family a little bit but then it was like full on to turkeys fully just thinking about turkeys there was nothing else but like where are the turkeys how am i going to find the turkeys if the turkeys come in what are we going to do trying to plan out the days in my head it was very exciting and important to me phil what were your head at? Because I was in the turkey. I love it for that reason. Well, I was in a, I was in a, you know, I, we're not going to say where, obviously. I was in a part of the state I'd never been before. I, I was just like happy to be there. It was more beautiful than I thought it was going to be, you know, seeing all this new country. Um, you know, I, I don't own a truck and you do. So we mm. were on all these roads that I never would have been able to drive on and just, just getting out into the back country. And it was just fun being out there. And I could tell you were, you were vibrating. You were on a different plane. You were you were leading the charge quickly on these trails, yeah. and I, I had to kind of I had to kind of you know keep it up to stay on 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 your tail there. I, I had to you were, you you were putting me into gear, and I, I was I was there for it. You were there for sure. It. Yeah. You were there for it. I you know sometimes when you get it's just a mode that you get in in the woods where you're not even thinking about. And it's probably not a great thing to not have empathy for the person behind you or like, you're just like, I got to get over there, I got to get over there. Go, <laughs> yeah. And if you can't keep up, I'll stop maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to go hard. You know, we had a little bit of a walk in the morning. We had a drive in the morning. But we made it happen, man. I was, I was, my Onyx really wasn't downloading the way I wanted it to. So I didn't know where the roads were. It's pitch dark. It's a while since I've been there. We made it in, parked the truck, got out, hiked probably. We had probably about a mild hike in. We got there, perfect timing. 
I mean, mwah, perfect timing. We were there about 20 minutes before what I would say is fly down. We had plenty of time to hear a gobble, to sneak in, to set up the decoys, and to make love to the turkeys and get them to come over. It was it was perfect, and it was kind of like a very invigorating moment for me, uh, reinvigorating. And so we'll take you there. Okay, Phil, we've now traveled very far to find turkeys. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, so far, I mean, listen, I said it last time. I'll say it again. The weather's nice. <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't had, to this point, we haven't really had any scenario where I would say we've had any, uh, well, what someone called luck. But we're in a spot, another spot, where I've roosted turkeys where I know they're at, where they've been at in the last <laughs> month or so. So... We haven't heard him gobble yet, but we got plenty of time. We're in here kind of perfectly in the morning. Good time frames. We're going to do some hiking. See what we can find. We didn't find anything, did we, Phil? (laughs) You're just cutting right to the chase. Right to the chase. Nope. Nothing. Frustration is the name of the game. Yep. We (laughs) we didn't find anything. (laughs) Nothing. Let me just say, let me just say, I... There you gobble. No, I'm going to ask you something. Would you say my spirits were quiet, Phil? I'm <laughs> upset. <laughs> would you say throughout these two days? Would you say my spirits? Oh, I'm not going to say high, but would you say that they were like moderate to good enough? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're you're you were there, man. Okay, good. Because I just want to because <laughs> I just want to. We drove a while a ways. We do. We drove a ways. A ways to a place. That I heard not just from you, but from multiple people at this company. I mean, just turkeys. You'll, you're going to find turkeys. Turkeys and everywhere. And so when we were hiking through these woods in the dark, and I had gotten no sleep, and I was I was tripping over all these rocks following you, <laughs> I was thinking, this is great, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're going to get them. We're going to, I'm going to hear, if I don't get them today, that's fine, but I'm going to hear turkeys. Yeah. I'm going to hear some turkeys. Yeah. I might even see some turkeys. Yeah. I might even call some turkeys in. Yep. That didn't happen. Nope. Nope. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> me, like, I've been out there when turkeys got shot in the pretty much the exact same spot we were in. Mm-hmm. And we walked past spots where I know turkeys have died this season. <laughs> we walked past <laughs> spots. We walked past waypoints I had given other people that work here, and they had killed turkeys in the spots that I had given them. Well, that was your first mistake right there. Well, but yeah, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but you want to spread the love. Um, and so, and we had some friends. I had some friends from Texas in camp. They also heard no gobbles. And so it just seemed like things were off. Again, let's let's be honest again. It was a nice morning. Oh, yeah. Great. A beautiful morning. You know, you said I, in that clip. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say if anyone's podcast needs a meteorologist... I'm here. Phil's here. I'll pop up to say, hey, weather's motivational. Weather's speaker. pretty good. Or I'll say, yeah, weather could be better. Motivational speaker, mediocre. <laughs> Both. But we continued on, and there was some, as I said, frustration. Okay, Phil, here we are mm-hmm. in uh, roughly the third or fourth spot I've taken you to where I've said all the things a turkey hunter might say to, you know, convince you that it's going to work out and there's turkeys and that we're going to get into them and it's going to be fun Mm -hmm. and it's not happened it's not even close thus far what uh 
What do you got to say to the people out there? Well, I mean, it has been fun. I'll say that. It's uh, we've been getting some some hiking hiking miles in. Um, there is nar- nary a cloud in the sky around here. There we go. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's it's gonna happen, Ben. It's gonna happen. I'm keeping, I'm keeping my head up. Hi. I gotta persevere in these cases. It just takes one moment, one gobble, <laughs> one second. You got one shot. You only got one shot, one opportunity. Mom's spaghetti. Something about mom's spaghetti. Yeah. All right, we're back to present day. <laughs> Enough of that shit. Like, at this point, you'll 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 see, you'll understand that I was like getting a little loopy. Yeah, this this is when the 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 muttering about a curse was was happening. Loopy, yeah. Sleep deprived. No, nothing's going right. It's a story marked by failure. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options, like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where 
Land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to Land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth okay so next we hit another spot okay we did a little hiking now it's it's roughly oh 8 30 9 o'clock and we decide to hit another spot where i know there are turkeys have been seen in the past heard in the past a similar spot it was actually the spot where i had i had i was choosing between two historic roost areas and i chose the one we went to and there's no turkeys there so i was like oh secondary we'll just go check this spot out so we get in the truck we hike back to the truck do a lot of calling walking and calling we hike back to the truck we get in the truck we drive over there and i i get out the onyx i say phil we're gonna walk up this ridge and there's a park up here there's a meadow there's a that has a a knob a tit right in the middle of it and the park that surrounds it and I begin to explain to Phil that I th- feel like these turkeys love to be in these parks. They're wide open. There's a lot of grassy cover. And days like this, when the sun is shining, they can they can eat pine seeds. They can eat like grasshoppers or other bugs. That They just do their thing. And they love to kind of be on the edges of these big ponderosa pine ridges that are kind of flat, that have flat parks. So I, I explain that to Phil. I said, we're going up this ridge. We'll call till we get there. And then we'll we'll see if there's any turkeys that want to play. And so um, we get to hike and fill, and we hike up, 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 and we get right to the lip of the ridge where the park begins, where the flatness starts to gradate, gradate, flatten out. And I look, I'm looking, and I see a stick. And this stick looks like a turkey's face. And you know how turkeys... Weird. Norm- yeah, weird. <laughs> you know how turkeys normally do... Where they're like moving around, right? They're bobbing their heads. Mm, they're thinking about shit. They're pecking. They're doing their thing. This turkey was completely still. You know, spoiler alert is it was a fucking turkey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You just gave, yeah, yeah. gave it away. I was going to say, it was a turkey. You mean stick. It you was gotta, a turkey. It was a turkey. <laughs> and this turkey. I mean, this turkey was like, what, 10 feet away? <laughs> I was 10 I, yards away. Okay. <laughs> it was, it I was right fairly there. certain it was a Jake, just by the way its head looked, but it was a Tom. It was a male turkey, one we would have shot if we'd had a chance. I mean, we had called. We're 10 yards away from this turkey. We had just called like 20 yards before that. And nothing. Nothing. Yep. There so we were like, go. okay, let's just keep trucking. So we, I was like, Phil, get down. There's a tit- that is actual an actual turkey. After like a couple of seconds, probably five to 10 seconds of looking at this turkey, and it didn't move. It didn't move its head at all. And I thought, well, it could be a turkey stick. But then it like- Turkey stick. Sl- yeah. <laughs> turkey head stick. And then it started to move slowly. So I was like, get down. Let's get out. And so we crawled up this little ridge. And we poke our heads up, we crawl up behind a tree, we get set up. I thought, well, maybe this this jaker will filter down into you know into this depression, and he'll he'll calm down because he's clearly seen us or he knows something's up, and then he'll come. We'll call him back in. So we set up, we start to call. Nothing that Jake is gone, but in the distance, Phil, what happens? Well, as you were calling, trying to get this turkey we just saw back in, we heard. Was it our first gobbles? It was our one of our first gobbles on the ground. And we're now on day, <laughs> out of day 
four, I believe. <laughs> it's like one of our first gobbles on the actual ground. Yeah. And it's in the distance. It's it's a ways away. Yes. But immediately I, I was like, Phil, I, I was like, I showed him the onyx. I said, I know where this turkey is. I, like when I'm looking at this park, it's got this knob in the middle and then on the on the, I guess, what the south side of the knob, we're on the northwest side. On the south side of the knob, it's going to be out of the wind. At this point, the wind's kind of kicking up. I know where these turkeys probably are. Let's just go chase a gobble. For once in our damn lives, let's go chase a gobble. And chase a gobble we did, and we got a couple of responses. And um, we ended up actually hunting. Yeah, wow. there, there was some there was some tracking happening. We were we were we were we were on birds on birds. That's what you say, right? Yeah, we're now on birds on some birds time, for the first time. Yes, many hours. Okay, Phil. <clears throat> like I have that face mask. On. <laughs> I, I put it on as quickly as I could, and I. So I gave Phil forgot his <laughs> head net that I gave him, and I gave him my first light gator, my neck gator, and he put it on. I'm looking at your You kind of look like, you look a little bit like a pilgrim. Well, here, here's the thing. You, this is, this was when, this was when, this was right after you had seen that turkey from 10 yards away and everything just started happening incredibly quickly yeah. where I was like, oh shit, it's going down. You started, I like, I, cause I, I had the decoys, turkey you had the rifle, right? And so then shotgun. I had, yes, or shotgun and I had to put like, carefully put the decoys down without making any noise i had just unzipped my coat and it was like just kind of flailing in the wind because it was getting hot and you were like you're like yeah it's fine <laughs> so i like put down the decoys i'm trying to like zip up my coat so i'm more covered in camo and then you were tossing me a gator i didn't know what how i was supposed to put it <laughs> so i like i thought it was supposed to go so over great. my head as well as cover my, it, yeah. it was i thought it was more like like a balaclava but no it was just a neck gator you know how when like uh et has the hood like he's peeking his little face uh-huh. out of the hoodie yeah when he's riding the bike that's what it looked like it was like just that so you know, just sure. like that so then we went back to uh phil describing what's happening back to the future <laughs> Clearly, I did not do it correctly. <laughs> okay, we got. We just had a little Jaker right out here. Probably spooked him when we were walking up into his park. But we got a gobbler, probably, I'd say about 300 yards away. He gobbled three times. And then he's kind of shut up, but it is windy. So, Phil, should we go over there and potentially bump him or stay here? Hold tight and see if he'll come across this, this park and come see us. You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Based on your experience thus far. So no based, wrong answer. Based on my experience, I say we we go up there. Damn right, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right, Phil. <laughs> so um, at this point, we're in the game finally. We're about to go try to kill this turkey. So we hoof it over there. We get up on a knob. Call, call, call. We get up on top of the, the tit. That's in the middle of the park just to see. I love to have turkeys in this country, especially these piney ridges, come up to you. You always want to be above them when you're calling to them. It's just this is a better way to go uh, in my experience. So we get above them. We're calling. They're responding. Like we got, I don't know, four or five, half a dozen responses from from these bird, this bird or these birds. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, man, if they'll keep gobbling, at least we're in the game. It wasn't – I told you they were kind of courtesy gobbles is the way I explained them to you. Like this is not – I'm coming. Like, let's have a conversation. This is like, I hear you, but I'm going to stay in my zone here. I'm not, this is not an interaction where I'm excited about you. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm, this is the courteous thing. I hear you over there. Um, so we kept going. But at this point, like, it's the wind kicks up. I'm not 
I, I've been in these situations before. I know we don't have a fired up gobbler, but we have a gobbler that's better than nothing. And so, but I think we're feeling feeling a little bit loopy. Huh, I don't know what that means. One of the things you deal with, Phil, a lot when you're turkey hunting is my foot is completely asleep right now. This is a common turkey hunting issue. They call it turkey foot. Okay. Well, uh, I can't say I'm having the same problem. I got these new uh, Schnee's Beartooth OGs. Just got a lot of circulation coming through. Oh, like they <laughs> call them OGs. OGs. Means zero Gs. No, it's OGs. Zero grams. You can't name a shoe zero G and expect people not to call it OGs. OGs. Yeah. Well, thanks for laughing at my dad jokes. They call them Ot Gs. Ot Gs. I think zero Gs. But you do what you got to do. All right, here we go. Zero G's sounds like they'll make me float. That's true, yeah. Which, at this point, would be preferable to walking. So here. <laughs> ah, we're silly bitches. Uh, at this point, we're feeling a little loopy. We decide we got to keep on trucking and get over to these turkeys. Because they're, basically every gobble that we get is either in the same spot or a little bit further away, it seems. Yeah. They were moving. It was it was getting further away. Yeah, as I said, these are courtesy gobbles, and so we're gonna cut the distance. And we decide, you know, after understanding that we're in a place where we explain where we think there's a lot of turkeys, you know, as has been described to me, there might be a turkey down every road or every two track. Uh, I know other places where we've seen and heard turkeys in the past, so I just want to, given that we don't have a lot of time, I want to kind of get, or like, are these turkeys gonna commit? I'm not gonna spend all day on these things. And we're going to do the best that we can. And so we we go at them. A lot of crow calls. A lot of hard yelps. A few cuts. Big time clucks. We're going to go. We're going to cut, cover this country. Get tight. See what happens. Okay, Phil. Yes. We're back in the truck. Feels good. I, was, I didn't have any water. It's probably stupid, but now I have water. It is noon. We've been hunting, oh, we hit the, I think we hit the woods at about 4.45 in the a.m. It's noon, five hours of sleep. Oh, you got five? Good for you. Yep, about five. And um, we started out with no gobbles this morning in a spot that, that I've roosted birds in the past. Hit a second spot where we have been into birds in the past and there was turkeys in there. Spooked to Jake, and um, then proceeded to spook four times. That's right. You, you, uh, we talked about your spiral, and how how uh, you just you you get into this pit of despair. Um, you sound like you're there now, but I don't know. I, I I just saw some turkeys, so I'm I'm not too disappointed. They were big that last time. That, that last time hill. was big. Yeah, he was a big, big, beautiful white tips. No, I'm spiraling right now. You know, you, when you get in a situation like that and you screw it up or you make a decision that results in spooking turkeys, I don't think that, I think those are the first turkeys I've spooked this whole year. Well, here's, so. here's the thing. I'm gonna look on the bright side here. We we needed to eat. We're we're both getting kind of tired, and so we made a play. And I think it's a I don't know maybe not a win-win, <laughs> but but Sandwich we win. we needed to get back to the truck anyway and and. Uh, you know, now we, now we know where there are some turkeys. I don't I don't think this is a bad a bad deal. No, and the, the decision I made was basically listen. You know, we gotta 
gotta cover country. We gotta find birds that are workable, that are responding, that are fired up, that'll come to the call. You know, we gotta. Yeah, th these ones were. Uh, these ones are slippery for sure. Yeah. We gotta find birds. These birds, I think, had been been hunted quite a lot, and to that end, weren't really. They would give us a courtesy gobble when we got tight, and they felt they needed to, but they really just weren't gonna weren't gonna play. They weren't gonna come to the decoys, they weren't gonna really get fired up and come see us. So I figured, well, we're either gonna spook them, I'm not gonna sit here for four hours and waste really the only full day of hunting we have on uh, a set of turkeys that are, you know, marginal at best in terms of my uh, prediction that they'll come within range. So that's the decision we made and boy, did it work out the way I thought it would. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back in the present, and as I play that back in my mind, I feel the same way. I feel yep. like, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> I really do. Um, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Um, for anybody who's ever built something up in, in your head and, and had it go the opposite of the way that you thought, we kept running into situations that just didn't feel... Like we were on the right track. Um, as we've said many times on this show, there's some days you wake up and you are a confident turkey hunter. And a lot of those days, the turkey, as Tom Kelly would say, takes that confidence and breaks your neck with it. At this point, I felt broken. Phil. Broken, Phil! Um, is it okay if I say that later in the day, it gets even worse, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Later in the day, it gets even worse, and we continue to just talk about how bad it is. So here we go. You know, Phil, I'll say this to you. Even though right now we're a little bit down. You, you're a little bit down. You're up high. Um, yeah. You've done great. Yeah, hi. You've really done great. You're kicking ass. Thank you. I, uh, you know, I'm just trying to just, I'm just doing what you're telling me to do. <laughs> Well, you're punctual, well-dressed. Yeah, that's debatable, <laughs> actually. And, um, man, you're, we're, we're hitting it hard, and you're right there, ready to go every single time. Phil, Phil you've, you've stayed positive through all this, Phil. You stayed positive. You were in it with me the whole way. And I think listeners of this show have seen your evolution, and they've seen you kind of be more excited about video games than hunting. But I think something, even from the very beginning, something had to have changed in your perspective. Like, you had to have started to, like, really understand the game of hunting. It felt it felt like you were start like, gradually understanding the game. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I'd say there were, there were two specific moments that happened on this hunt where I understood it more. That was the first one. When we were those, we were calling at those birds, and like you said, they're called you know like you call them courtesy gobbles. They're not; they don't have any interest in coming in and checking you out. They're just kind of yeah, like I hear you. I'm gonna go over here now. Have a have a lovely day. Um, and when we were, I don't think we we talked about exactly what happened when we saw those toms. We had been calling them and calling them. The, the gobbles kind of stopped, and we were like, okay, well, let's just go down and see if we can see them. We were walking along the trail and you caught them out of like the corner of your eye to the left, 
probably like 75 yards away and you turned you i i saw you like like do the your freeze face at me and we turned to the left and they had seen us and just booked it away and in my mind i was like oh great turkey's over there but my first my first thought was let's go get them and you you were like that that can't happen right now <laughs> i'm sorry to disappoint you but we have to leave <laughs> which we which i which i didn't really understand um but of course if you know if you're a wild animal and you see something foreign and possibly aggressive, you're going to run away and be on edge. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to to uh, to get them. Yeah, to me, this is like a just a complete and utter despair moment because, as I said, I don't spooking turkeys is something that haunts me every time it happens, and it gets in my psyche and it stays in there. Um, but in this case, you it was windy. The birds were not gobbling very much other than our courtesy gobbles, and we just needed to go find them. And we needed to see if we could get in tight and make them work. Uh, But we got in tight, and they just gave us the slip. And the crazy part is that as they were running away, I look and I see this giant, I see two two times go up the hill, then another, then the the fourth one. And I'm talking uh, probably a four-year-old bird, huge beard, just a beautiful white tips, big old red head, just kind of like the turkey that you would want anyone to get. You know, we're not trophy hunting here. We'll take a Jake, but this is a big old mature Tom. And he was with uh, three other mature Toms. And so we, we went around, we went to the next spot where I said, hey, Phil, you know, this is a spot where I've heard turkeys before. I've seen them before. Let's go there. We'll spend the, the midday kind of just yeah, hiking we, around. We had some lunch, took like a 30-minute nap, yep. and then headed We're out to a on, new yeah, spot. A 15-hour day here. I'm like, let's just take it, you know, let's grab a, a 10-minute power nap and a sandwich, and we go right back at it. We get back at it. I take Phil to the spot. We we start driving through this meadow where we're going to park and walk on a road and, and kind of call down in these two different um, ravines. It's like you can't really call them a drainage, but it just kind of cuts or turkeys like to hang out out of the wind. It's now pretty windy. We start driving up this park to get to where we're going to stop and, and do some calling. And there, right by the road, is a pile of fresh feathers from that morning. Someone had shot a turkey there that day, that morning. And so yet again, it's like, wow, okay, all right. That's another <laughs> sign. It's not a great thing. Keep on keeping on. We go. We don't hear a gobble. Um, and then we move well, then we start to strategize. And it's this point that Phil starts to get in the strategy with me. Like we're talking, we're having a conversation where it's not just me saying, we'll go over here. Why? It's Phil starting to have ideas about where we ought to go. Well, I just knew that the clock was, the clock was ticking. We had the rest of the afternoon and then just a few hours in the morning before I had to head home. Yeah. So you were kind of toying with the idea of trying going back to the area that we went to in uh in the was it the man my time i the time has just gone in my head the very first area we we went that morning yeah we're like let's let, I mean, i'm thinking about going back there we'll scope it out again or you were thinking about one more new area and i in my head i was just like i think we should go back to the place where we saw the turkeys <laughs> because still in my head i'm like I mean, that's the only place we know there are turkeys, yep. and and we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah, and, we, we, and and you knew that that they were slippery, they were wily, they were not responding. You that you like your theory was that they had been pressured throughout the season. I mean, they were big birds; they'd been around a while. They probably knew kind of what was up, and they did not want to 
play game play play ball um yeah. but i still was just fixated on going back there. yeah we had two other groups of hunters with us that were in camp that were running around none of them heard any gobbles nope. none of them saw turkeys and so i'm sitting there thinking this is the only turkeys that roughly seven hunters that i know of that are around running around here have seen or heard and we've been like we've been we've been going around i think between all of us we had Gone huh. to like yeah. all all over the place around we've here. We've cut like, every yeah. creek. We've we've called up every creek that we can think of. And so at this point, it's just not working out for anybody, let alone us. And we got one spot with turkeys. And listen, I've I've killed hard turkeys before, you know, and I've I've been able to to make it work. So we're just gonna try to make it work. And we just gonna have to be aggressive. It just just because of the time. We don't have time to pop up a blind and sit in it all day and wait for these uh call shy, educated as we call it in turkey hunting birds to come and, and decide that they're, they're going to play so here we are okay ben throughout this whole experience you have been very very gracious about you've just been very open like phil do you have any questions like like anything just ask me anything you've i'm, I'm an open book have at it one thing i never thought of and just the one thing we just never talked about because throughout this whole trip you, you, I mean, you just have the eyes that are tuned for this. You were seeing things I never would have seen in a million years. Signs, tracks. You were seeing turkeys from just, just from far away. And, and you, you know, you've done this before. You've been doing this for, for, for decades. One thing we didn't talk about, because throughout, I've, I've been just, I was walking behind you through a lot of this trip. One thing we didn't talk about was what happens if I see a turkey. <laughs> yeah. And you don't. <laughs> and you're in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So what happens next? <laughs> it does inform uh, that. It does inform that. It's a bit, it's a bit chaotic. Yep. Yep. We'll give you the, the... We'll take you back in time. Okay, Phil, what just happened? Uh, we were walking along this ridge looking for turkeys. We are actually just headed back to the truck because it's getting a little stormy. And then I saw a couple of couple of toms puttering around uh, about a hundred yards away and then I got too excited and pointed at them and then yelled at Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to go back to the area. It's now, you know, a couple, three hours before fly down. We're going to go back to the area where we were before and we know the turkeys are. They're tough. They're not going to gobble, but we're going to go and we're going to see if we can't a light touch hike around. And very slowly work the country. If we can't get them to gobble, at least try to get them going back to the roost, you know, and see what we can do. Because we got one more morning to hunt, right? That's the plan. We're going at it. We're 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 not deterred. So we go back, go up the go up the ridge. As we crest the ridge, we look to the west, and is a lightning storm uh, that looked pretty scary. There's, it's black. Yeah, it looked like it was coming our way, and for sure. It, the wind is kicking up, and so we get to the top of the ridge. We're like, man, we better just go to the truck and ride this one out. It's not looking great. We better at least work our way back that, to, to a spot where we can get down the ridge to the truck pretty quickly if we start, you know, we getting hammered by lightning or something here. So we start working our way back very quietly. I'm calling about every 150 yards, and Phil is kind of starts to flank me to my left, as we are working this ridge. And then I look over and Phil's like, I see two turkeys. <laughs> like, like, bang, bang. I didn't know how to get your attention without. Like, I see two turkeys. <laughs> and so, so I let me just say, I should have put together just by watching the way you've been behaving throughout this whole trip. Like when we saw that, when we were 10 yards away from that turkey the first time or earlier in the day, how you we were so close and you were 
it was it was the game it was about moving as slowly as possible like stop walking get low but not too quickly crouch down slowly no sudden movements but when i saw those turkeys <laughs> after we had been looking for so long all day and i was i like was trying to get your attention and i like bit and i like quickly shot my hand up and pointed and that got their attention i don't know <laughs> if that's what spooked them at initially but i think they stopped and then so that i got down like cuz we were walking through some tallish grass I got low enough where I couldn't see them anymore, but just because I couldn't see them doesn't mean that they couldn't see me. That's true. And so then I lifted my hand again and was so, like, over by that tree. Yeah. And then you were like, shut the fuck up. You didn't actually say that. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. You're like, don't wave at them. <laughs> yeah, I actually smacked Phil's hand out of the air. Yeah, and I think uh, you can hear it in my great. voice in that last audio clip. That's that's when uh, I, I was down in the same pit that, that Ben had yeah. been in a few times. Because I was walking around like, I'm messing this up. And Phil's walking around like, I'm happy to be here. And then he <laughs> got, like, once we got to a point where, oh, I might have messed something up. We're uh -huh. both kind of able to commiserate in the messing up. But we're still on birds. I mean, those birds kind of just like, that, the one bird that I saw kind of tried, you know, he like trotted off. He didn't fly. I saw him kind of go down over the ridge. And I'm like, so, okay, let's just... It's windy. The storm's coming. We got to go back to the truck. Let's kind of work our way. I'm just depressed, but I'm like, let's work our way and just see if he's going to run down in there. He's going to roost somewhere. We're an hour, hour and a half before fly up. He's going to go down that hill and find some place to roost. These turkeys want to be in here. I mean, we're 100 yards away from where we saw the first turkey earlier in the day. So, like, this is a place where these turkeys want to be. We have royally fucked this up, but we're going to stay on it because we kind of, we're here to roost turkeys. We still do that. We bumped them down the hill. They, they're fully educated to our presence at this point and to probably every hunter and every call. So we just got to get, we just got to play the game that way. And then we, we started working down the ridge a little further and uh, this happened. All right. <laughs> We've now spooked that same turkey four different times <laughs> in one day within about a thousand yards of each time. Phil, if, when we're making the podcast, put yakety sacks in the background of this. Yeah. Because that's what it's kind of like. the time lapse of us running into Yeah, basically. You can tell he wanted to roost in here still. He didn't want to leave. I mean, these turkeys are so educated that it's, like I said, it's you hunt turkeys like this and, and there's just... You gotta be delicate now, now that we've educated them. Don't forget, they're not gonna go very far. They'll be over there roosting. We might hear them in the morning on the roost. Um, but we haven't really got a whole lot of choice. We gotta dance with the ones that bird in the hand. Drop, I don't know. Bird in the hand. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'd don't, like it. Don't bite the hand that took you to the dance. That's a good analogy, Phil. Well done. So at this point, you can hear it's windy. It's just... That storm is still rolling in. It's still rolling in. We spooked this bird. Now this bird actually flew down oh, the Oh, yeah. Hill. So this was, what, five minutes after we spooked those yeah. three. We were like, oh, shit. Well, let's keep going. And then there was one turkey. There was just a single tom left. I mean, that it was that was a gorgeous bird. Yeah, he was the same one, the, the same <laughs> one we were describing earlier. It's the same turkey. Uh, we spooked him again. He flew this time. Yep. Down the hill he went. And again, I'm calling... Four, 50, 60 yards from him 
and then we crest a ridge and there he is and i could have sh- if i had a shotgun in my hand i could have probably took a running shot at him which i never would have done but he was that close <laughs> mm-hmm. like they just were these birds were locked down and they, it was just to hunt a, a silent bird in this way in wind like this you just got to get so damn lucky to see him before they see you and we just we just didn't um we just didn't but the storm moved through and we started to we we worked our way down the ridge and we sat on this ridge and it was a beautiful evening the storm moved to the north of us there was it was like a very unique orange light kind of like working its way through the trees as the sun was going down the clouds have now moved past the wind is a little calmer and after a pretty tumultuous day phil i said phil let's just sit down man and let's just listen and let's just enjoy where we're at because we have endured uh an ass kicking but over this over the times we've kind of been punched in the gut by these turkeys and, and we've had this all this failure, I've been able to to watch Phil have an understanding of what's going on around him in a way that only I think somebody failing at hunting can have, but also somebody that's just immersed in the hunting experience. And I think it's pretty unique. So we got to sit on a ridge and talk about and think about where we were, how we got here, and why it's important to be in this place in this time. Well, Phil, now we're in the strategy, at least. We're sitting here talking. Talking turkey strategy. Yeah, I'm throwing out ideas like I, like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it, like we were talking about earlier, we talked about this on this podcast for a long time, that hunting is... It's a game like pursuit, man. You, <laughs> other than the heroes and villains, possibly. This is a strategy game. This is a a game of cause and effect. Being out here in a wild place like this, hundreds of thousands of acres of free to roam land, sun setting right over here right now. And sitting here talking about what a turkey is going to do in the morning and what we need to do. That really is the essence of what sucks people in about hunting. At least I think. I think we tell ourselves it's the food and it's the culture and we tell ourselves, I think, the story about what truly draws us into hunting. But I think what we're just doing, sitting on this hill, talking about turkeys, immersing ourselves in their behavior in order to find them, pursue them, and kill them, is a very human endeavor. It always has been. And that is the essence of what draws us in. The rest of it is very essential gravy, but gravy nonetheless. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I'm with you. Listen, if we end up, if this episode of the podcast ends and we don't get a turkey... The truth of the matter is, the truth of the entire thing is, I I don't know why we all hunt, right? I think we invent reasons and manufacture reasoning to kind of justify social norms or to, you know, further or concrete our connections with each other. There's lots of things. 
But when you become a hunter and you start to understand the pursuit of a wild animal, I think you understand something pretty raw about what we are and what we're capable of. That is that is essential. You know, I, this this podcast started when I was sitting on a, a ridge, not so different from this one, in Mexico with Steve Rinella. and we were asking questions like the ones we'll, we'll be asking forever. But at some level, what Phil's learning right now, and what I know to be true, is that. There is a (laughs) primordial draw to this chase, to this pursuit. And there's human frailty, there's so many emotions baked into it, ego. All these things are paramount in hunting woods, and it's it's hard to ignore them. But the ups and downs of hunting are like nothing else that I've experienced outside of my children in those very human moments of being a parent and loving someone. This is like a very close second to that in terms of what feels real in my life. Feels important, essential. if you can share that with someone, even the little parts of it, even like little shadowy corners of it can be, can, can find some light for someone else. And then one day they can put that whole package together in a holistic way for themselves. That feels pretty good. I'd still like to hear a gobble though, Phil. I think we're going to have to wait until morning for that small, small, slim possibility. You ever get that feeling, the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. 
Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.